In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On the third Sunday after Trinity, there are often uh, two options uh, for the gospel for the day. The parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin from Luke 15, or the parable that immediately follows, the parable of the prodigal son. This year, we will be focusing on the parable of the prodigal son, Luke 15, 11 through 32. Let us pray. Most merciful God and Father, we in no way deserve your goodness, yet you abundantly provide for all our needs of body and soul. Your mercy and loving kindness is new to us every day. Grant us to believe and trust in your loving kindness and call us away from our prodigal ways to live in true repentance and faith. In our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Luke 15 has a series of three parables, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. All three of these parables were told because of the tax collectors and the sinners who drew near to Jesus and how the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. These are radical parables about the radical grace of God. The shepherd leaves the 99 in the wilderness and searches out the one lost sheep until he finds it. And then he rejoices and throws a party. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. And the woman who has lost a coin from her bridal necklace is frantic and obsessed. She can think of nothing else except that lost coin and will not rest until she finds it. And then she rejoices with her friends and neighbors, I have found the peace which was lost. There is more joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. These five central thoughts should be kept in mind as we hear this reading. All three of these parables answer the question, is it possible for a baptized Christian who has fallen away from the faith to be restored to repentance? And the answer is yes. Here are the five central thoughts. Number one, the younger son is like the baptized Christian who squanders God's love in Christ and wanders away from his Lord to follow the appetites and desires of his flesh. Number two, the older son is like the baptized Christian who denies his faith in Christ by refusing to forgive his brother, squandering God's love in Christ by a pharisaical works righteous faith. Number three, the office of the keys and confession teaches us that God's love in Christ is constantly calling us to return to our baptismal identity as God's children in daily contrition and repentance. Number four, contrition and repentance, whereby we return to God to confess our sins, is a miracle of God's love for us in the gospel. And number five, 
God has love and forgiveness for us in Christ prior to any act of contrition, repentance, or confession on our part. So we read Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32, stopping along the way to make some observations. Then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he, the father, divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. We pause in the reading to make several observations. First of all, when this younger son asks for a portion of the goods that falls to him, he is asking his father for his share in the inheritance. And an inheritance is something that is received when a father has died. So here he asks for his portion of the inheritance as if he wishes his father were dead. And his journeying off into the far country illustrates that same thing, a far country where he ends up feeding swine, the unclean animals. This prodigal son did not merely waste the temporal goods that came from his father. This son wasted and squandered his father's love. And the way Jesus tells the parable is quite intentional. He left his home thinking to find contentment and fulfillment elsewhere, only to find himself destitute and in want. He would have gladly eaten the pods that the swine ate, but Jesus says no one gave him anything. It is as if he were saying none of these things could satisfy his deepest need. We continue with verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. We pause in the reading at this point. Verse 17 says of this younger son, when he came to himself, it's a very important expression. It is as if Jesus were saying, when he came to realize and remember who he was as his father's son, he recalls not an angry judge of the father, but rather 
He recalls how his father was generous and gracious even to the hired servants who have bread enough and to spare. So herein is a very significant point. It is the father's love that calls the boy home. So also for us, it is the father's love to us in Jesus, his unconditional love, his unmerited love, his undeserved love, his grace that gives us the strength to return to the Lord in contrition and repentance to confess our sins. And that's what he resolves to do. I will go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. That's true. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. That's true. But then like so many of us, he wants to prescribe his own remedy. Make me like one of your hired servants. But he can't earn his way into his father's favor. He was born into that status. And so are we as the baptized children of God. We have a favored status as the Father's children because we are born into that status by holy baptism as a gift of God's love for us in the salvation that we have in Christ. A further accent upon the grace of God and how it is the, the Lord who takes the initiative is seen in how even before the boy gets home, even before he confesses anything to his father, his father, when he is a great way off, sees him and has compassion and runs to him and falls on his neck and kisses him. This is why in the central thoughts that we highlighted at the beginning, we made this important point that God has love and forgiveness for us in Christ prior to any act of contrition, repentance, or confession on our part. In fact, contrition, repentance, confession of sins is all part of faith, the miracle of faith that the gospel brings forth in our lives. So the father allows his son to confess, I have sinned, I'm not worthy to be called your son, but he will not allow him to be a hired servant. And all of these are baptismal absolution and Lord's Supper themes when you have the best robe, Christ's righteousness, uh, the ring on his hand, the ring of faith that binds us to Christ, sandals, the gospel of peace whereby we trample sin, death, and hell underfoot. The fatted calf is killed. We think of the Lord's Supper and celebrating the gift of salvation. And look at how dramatic it is. The dead is alive again. The lost is found. That's speaking about being brought to repentance for someone who had quite literally squandered his very birthright. But what a comforting thing it is to know that repentance is possible even for those who have fallen from the faith of their baptism. But the narrative is not over. In the next section, the older son, 25 through the end of the chapter, really represents those Pharisees and scribes who had murmured against Jesus because he receives sinners and eats with them. And it's open-ended. We don't know what happens to those scribes or Pharisees, or in this case, to the older son. Does he come into the house or does he not? And that, in a certain sense, is like the invitation of the gospel to all in the church who are tempted to pharisaical self-righteousness, come into the house. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came, he drew near to the house, and he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. 
but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots and killed the fatted calf for him, and he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. This is the gospel of the Lord. Notice how the Pharisees and scribes who murmured against Jesus for his generous forgiving grace are really being talked about at the end. It was right that we should make merry. Your brother was dead, he's alive again. He was lost and is found and there's no greater joy in God's heart than when we are brought to repentance and return home to our Father. Look at how the arrogant pride and self-righteousness is seen in this older son, so that he has no compassion. He has no care for his younger brother, but only cares about himself. Such is the nature of a self-righteous faith. It is always curved in upon itself, and therefore, it knows nothing of generosity and mercy to others. But here again, just as the father's love reached out to that younger son, so the father does not scold this older son, even though he would have had every right to, but instead reminds him of his baptismal uh, inheritance. You know, all that I have is yours. You are always with me. Nothing is withheld from you. And that's what we have in the gift of our baptism. All that we have is from the Lord, and he withholds nothing from us. So the lavish, undeserved grace and love of God, our Heavenly Father in Christ, is on full display in the parable of the prodigal son. Jesus told the parable in response to the works-righteous scribes and Pharisees who murmured against him, because he received repentant sinners in mercy and forgiveness. The gospel of Jesus Christ is radical. It is the message of God's love in Christ who suffered upon the cross to redeem and save unworthy sinners. By this gospel, the Holy Spirit not only calls sinners to repentance in their conversion, but continually calls to baptize Christians in their struggle with sin to return home to their heavenly Father. This parable answers the question, is it possible for a baptized Christian who has squandered God's love in Christ to be restored to the baptismal family in repentance and faith? The answer is a resounding yes. Following the appetites and desires of his flesh could not satisfy the deepest and greatest needs of the younger son, nor could the self-righteousness of the older son give him peace. Christ's forgiveness alone reconciles us to God, gives joy to life, and a peace which surpasses all human understanding. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, when we stray from your word and squander your love like the prodigal son, call us to repentance and draw us home to you, that clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness, we might forever enjoy the feast of salvation in the family of the church. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.